Happy New Year's, everyone. This is Vartok with another Trex Music and Sci-Fi guest podcast, number 887, on January 1st, 2023. For today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the music of the Game of Thrones by composer Ramin Javadi, spelled D-J-A-W-A-D-I. I've been watching the eight-season box set of the Game of Thrones at home and couldn't help noticing how much his musical compositions appealed to me. If you've watched any of the Game of Thrones, you may recall how powerful the opening sequence is, where the same main theme song was used for all eight seasons, while a very creative animated short video shows each of the kingdoms. Here is that main theme to get you all in the mood for the rest of this podcast. For today's podcast, I have drawn heavily upon CD album liner notes, Wikipedia, YouTube, and other internet sources, as usual. The HBO eight-season Game of Thrones is an American fantasy drama television series created by David Benioff and Daniel Weiss, who are the show's executive producers, showrunners, and writers. It is an adaptation of A Song of Ice and Fire a series of fantasy novels by George R. R. Martin, the first of which is A Game of Thrones. The show was shot in the United Kingdom, Canada, Croatia, Iceland, Malta, Morocco, and Spain. It premiered on HBO in the United States on April 17, 2011, and concluded eight years later on May 19, 2019, with a total of 73 episodes. The series rates 89% on Rotten Tomatoes and 9.2 out of 10 at the IMDb. Both excellent scores. Set on the fictional continents of Westeros and Essos, Game of Thrones has a very large ensemble cast and follows several story arcs throughout the course of the show. The first major arc concerns the Iron Throne of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros through a web of political conflicts among the noble families either vying to claim the throne or fighting for independence from whoever sits on the throne. A second arc focuses on the last descendant of the realm's deposed ruling dynasty, who have been exiled to Essos and is plotting to return and reclaim the throne. The third arc follows the Night's Watch, a military order defending the realm against fearful threats from beyond Westeros' northern border. But don't worry too much, I won't be covering much of the plot lines in Game of Thrones, as it would literally take days to do so. On the other hand, I highly recommend watching the series, especially in binge mode. Ramin Javadi is an Iranian and German score composer. He was born July 19, 1974, making him just 48 years old as of this podcast. Ramin was born in Duisburg, West Germany to an Iranian father and a German mother. 
In a 2017 interview on CBS This Morning, he was asked how he got started in music. At what point did you know you had real musical talent? Well, according to my parents, um, they said when I was four years old, I walked up to the piano and just started playing melodies by memory. So they looked at each other and said, well, I think uh, we think we should give this boy some lessons. Wow. So you really had a knack for playing by ear, not having to read the sheet music. Absolutely. Yeah. It's something picking up music by ear and, and reproducing it was always something that felt natural. Ramin attended the Krupp Gymnasium in Duisburg and then studied at the prestigious Berkeley College of Music, spelled B-E-R-K-L-E-E. -E. When asked in 2018 in an AV Club interview to name his top five musical influences, he responded this way. Number one, I actually would say definitely the, the Romantic classical period. Composers like Beethoven, Brahms, Tchaikovsky, Wagner, that, that there's something there in their scores that has all, that has influenced me immensely and I think I always feel it was is really a great source of where film score came from. Then going all the other way, another another big influence was actually rock music. Growing up in the early eighties I was uh, very heavily influenced by rock music like Metallica, for example. I really got into number three would also be in the eighties, which is the eighties pop music or in, in I'm from Germany originally we, we, we called it New Wave. Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, Tears for Fears, that those those kind of bands had a huge influence on me. I guess then I could skip forward to more now contemporary bands, I would say Radiohead, Adele. Those are bands or artists that I really like now, like Bruno Mars is another one. Number five would then be soundtrack of how I even got into film music, which would be uh, Emma Bernstein's uh, Magnificent Seven, actually. That, that and Star Wars, of course, those were the two scores that made me want to become a film composer. So I guess, yes, that's definitely number five. <laughs> After graduating from the Berkeley College of Music in 1998, Ramin garnered the attention of Hans Zimmer, who recruited him to Remote Control Productions, a Zimmer powerhouse, or sweatshop for new composers. I'm not clear on that. Chavadi moved to Los Angeles and worked as an assistant to Klaus Bedelt. From there on, he made additional music and arrangements for Bedelt and Zimmer movies, such as Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. The Time Machine, and the Academy Award-nominated film, Something's Gotta Give. He co-composed the music for System Shock 2 in 1999. In 2003, he and Bedelt composed a score of Beat the Drum. He has also scored films such as Clash of the Titans, Pacific Rim, Warcraft, A Wrinkle in Time, and Eternals. He also scored music for television series, including Prison Break, Person of Interest, Jack Ryan, and Westworld, not to mention the video games such as Medal of Honor, Gears of War 4, and Gears 5. Unlike other composers who I am featured, I don't plan to provide representative music throughout Ramin's active career. Instead, I only plan to cover tracks from Game of Thrones. Ramin is still early in his career and looks to have a long, successful road ahead of him. It's just not time for his retrospective yet. However, let's continue just a little more of his career development. If you were to ask him what his favorite instruments to play are, he would respond this way, as recorded in a 2017 Q&A session he put up on YouTube. Well, um, I love the cello, which you can clearly tell from the score in Game of Thrones. Uh, however, I don't play it very well, so I can play it a tiny bit. My main instrument is actually the guitar. That's what I sort of play the best, and piano. Uh, but I also collect um, I collect any kind of stringed instruments and ethnic instruments. So anything that has strings on it, I usually I, I figure out and, and can play in one way or another. In 2004, Jamadi went out on his own with his own soundtrack for Blade Trinity, collaborating with American rapper, actor, filmmaker, and record producer RZA, or director David S. Goyer. This was the beginning of his relationship with director Goyer for both film and television. In 2005, Javadi continued making additional music for Zimmer in films such as Batman Begins and The Island, which was his last time working in the background for another composer. The same year, he composed the Emmy-nominated main title themes and scores for Prison Break and the related show Breakout Kings. In 2006, Javadi scored the first Sony Pictures animation project, Open Season, followed by the sequel, Open Season 2 in 2008. 
His ethereal score for the 2007 film Mr. Brooks earned him a World Soundtrack Award for Discovery of the Year nomination. His other scores include Deception, Ask the Dust, and Iron Man. Javadi was nominated for a Grammy Award for his Best Score Soundtrack for his work on Iron Man in 2008. In 2009, Javadi wrote the score for Goyer's horror thriller The Unborn, produced by Michael Bay. Ramin collaborated with Goyer on the television show Flash Forward that year, earning him his second Emmy nomination. Currently, Ramin is back as the composer for the HBO Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon, which just finished broadcasting season one this last October 2022. Okay, so let's focus on his music to Game of Thrones. The soundtrack to Game of Thrones was originally meant to be composed by Stephen Warbeck. On February 2nd, 2011, only 10 weeks prior to the show's premiere, it was reported that Warbeck had left the project and that Ramin Javadi had been commissioned to write the music instead. The music supervisor, Evian Kleen, suggested Javadi to Benioff and Weiss as the replacement for Warbeck. Although Javadi was reluctant, as he had other commitments at the time, they managed to persuade Javadi to accept the project. Benioff and Weiss noted, We were behind the eight ball on the music front, largely due to the scope and difficulty of scoring Game of Thrones. When we asked Evian who he thought was the best person suited to face these challenges, he thought for two seconds and said, There's a guy named Ramin Javadi. He opened his laptop and played some of Ramin's work to Clash of the Titans. In about ten seconds, we were excited to meet him. We met Ramin the next day and found him easygoing, pleasant, and unfazed by our various unsuccessful attempts to pronounce his last name. He was very busy, and initially he tried very graciously to decline. But our campaign of brutal and remorseless begging eventually changed his mind. That turned out to be a good decision. Ramin subsequently won two consecutive Emmy Awards for Game of Thrones, in 2018 for the episode The Dragon and the Wolf, and in 2019 for the episode The Long Night. But basically, Ramin is the up-and-coming famous composer that no one knows. Well, let's change that just a little bit here. As the producers noted, his first task was his most important, writing a main title theme that would encapsulate the broad sweep of George Martin's world, with its many lands and families, its love and lust and violence and intrigue. He said he'd give it a shot. Two days later, he sent us a piece of music that was almost exactly what you hear in the show. It was one of the most powerful earworms we'd ever encountered. This was a mistake on Ramin's part. He tipped his hand and showed us that he could indeed write fantastic music in very little time. Always with a smile, Ramin provided one of the most relentlessly good-natured people either of us have ever had the good fortune to work with. We knew that composers were supposed to be almost as prickly and difficult as writers, but clearly no one had ever told Ramin this. Let's hear Ramin talk about the opening sequence music to Game of Thrones from a 2019 YouTube session where he discusses Game of Thrones' greatest hits. Let's get into a, a few of your uh, most famous compositions. Uh, let's start with the Game of Thrones opening sequence. Um, this, is, this is a composition that's become so iconic. Uh, but take us back to, to the origins of this. I'd seen the first two episodes and actually already had started working on them, so I had written already some of the other themes for the show. Um, and then David and Dan said, well, Rene, there's also a really cool main title sequence that we would like you to take a look at, and we need a, a main title theme for this. Um, and then so what we then did is actually we drove to the effects house where the, the visual was created, and um, they were fairly finished, so we just watched it and um, and then just had a conversation about it and just talked about what it should uh, really summarize the entire show. You know that it's it's the, the mystery, the, the the excitement, the adventure, all of it. And um, uh, yeah, the big key word that they actually said to me was make it feel like it's a journey. Yeah. So based on that information is uh, is how I came up with that. Javadi said he intended to capture the overall impression of the show with the main theme cue. Cello is featured strongly as Benioff and Weiss wanted to avoid the flutes or solo vocals found in many other productions in the fantasy genre. Javadi chose the cello as the main instrument of the music because he felt it has a darker sound that suited the show. 
He started with a riff and then built the title theme around the riff. The tune begins with the riff played on strings in a minor key, then changes to a major key after two bars, and then back to minor again. Ramin said that he wanted to reflect the backstabbing and conspiracy and the unpredictability of the show. He noted, I thought it would be cool to kind of do the same play with the music. The main melody is introduced with the cello, joined later by a solo violin that may suggest an interplay between different characters. The melody is then repeated with the entire orchestra. The next section introduces a change in melody, described by Javadi as giving a sense of adventure and then continues with a repeat that involves a choir of 20 female voices. The title theme ends with a combination of a dulcimer and cantaloff, producing a shimmery quality in a sound that Javadi thought would give it a sense of mystery and anticipation for the episode. The title music is reprised as a global theme or cue in the soundtracks for the series. It may be played occasionally on its own in fragments sometimes as part of the theme of individual characters or in combination with other pieces of music, and it may also reappear during particularly important scenes. Well, enough background. From here on in, I'm going to pick the best tracks from each season, or perhaps ones that better illustrate Ramin's range of music for the series. From season one, here is track number 29, appropriately titled Finale. I love the inclusion of the main theme, the drum beats of war and the choir accompaniment. By the way, you can purchase all eight seasons of the Game of Thrones music at iTunes. that sound epic? The track is from the episode titled Fire and Blood, where Daenerys Targaryen appears alive and unharmed by the flames of Khal Drogo's funeral pyre, along with the three dragons which have hatched from the dragon's eggs. It contains the melody of Daenerys' theme, Love in the Eyes, and the main Game of Thrones theme. Moving on to Season 2, I personally rated 5 of 21 tracks with 5 out of 5 stars. Of these, I've chosen two tracks. The first is track number 6, titled Winterfell, chosen for its more introspective and emotional appeal and the use of the cello. This musical cue is reprised in six episodes of Season 2, with the first use in the Season 2 premiere episode titled The North Remembers. The full version plays in episode number 8, titled The Prince of Winterfell. 
where Brandon and Rickon Stark are revealed to still be alive in the crypt beneath Winterfell. The second track I've chosen from season two is track number 20, titled The Reigns of Castamere, which is the House Lannisters theme. It is from the ninth and final episode of season two, titled Blackwater. The music is performed by a group called The National, an American rock band of Cincinnati, Ohio natives formed in Brooklyn, New York City in 1999. And who are you, the proud Lord said? That I must bow so low Only a cat of a different coat That's all the truth I know And a coat of gold or a coat of red A lion still has claws And mine are long and sharp, my lord as long and sharp as yours And so he spoke And so he spoke That Lord of Castamere But now the rains We bore his heart With no one there to hear Yes, now the rains we pour us all and not a soul to hear. With no one there 
For season three, I've chosen track number two, titled A Lannister Always Pays His Debts, once again featuring a cello. It is another House Lannister theme, and is featured in episode number seven, titled The Bear and the Maiden Fair. It also plays again as Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth leave Harrenhal. In the episode's second sons, a modified version appears, as Cersei Lannister tells Marjorie the story of House Rain of Castamere's failed rebellion. And in the episode The Reigns of Castamere, a live version is played on set by musicians at the infamous Red Wedding, a wedding not subsequently known for a good time was had by all. opinion, the music to season four is some of the best of the series, with six of 22 tracks rated five of five stars. Another wonderful version of The Reigns of Castamere is featured, but I've played that theme already for you, and I'm saving a different version to close out this podcast. And as you may guess by now, The Reigns of Castamere is on the list of Game of Thrones' greatest hits. I am picking track number 22 titled The Children. It is heard in the 10th and final episode of Season 4, when Arya Stark escapes Westeros and sails to Bravos. The track is predominantly a modified children's choral version of the main title theme, although it also contains elements of the House Stark theme, Goodbye Brother, and Arya Stark's theme, Valor Margolis. I love it, Ramin.
In Season 5, one of the most hated villains of Game of Thrones, Cersei Lannister, is forced to atone for her sins in the now infamous scene known as Cersei's Walk of Atonement, where shorn of her long hair and fully naked, she must walk the streets of King's Landing, all the while being pelted with garbage, spit, and feces by jeering crowds. Although I admit I inwardly truly love seeing Cersei finally being punished for her rottenness, I couldn't help thinking, man, what actors and actresses have to do for their art. Here's track number seven titled Mother's Mercy from the season's 10th and final episode in season five. I may have picked that track just to relive my desire to see Cersei pay for her nasty behavior. If you want to enjoy yourself, search for Walk of Atonement on YouTube. Another track I'd like to feature is track number 9, Dance of the Dragon, from episode 9 called The Dance of the Dragon. This is the scene where the largest of the three dragons named Drogon arrives at the fighting pit, rescues Daenerys Targaryen, and her followers from the Sons of the Harpy, and then flies off with Daenerys riding on Drogon's back for the first time. I love the tension of the music, along with the essence of battle, followed by the post-battle cooldown, and then finally the quickened pace of flying away.
Of all the seasons, I found the music to season six to be my favorite. So many good tracks. One I just must play for you is track number three titled Light of the Seven, from the episode title The Winds of Winter, the last episode of season six. Light of the Seven is the first time we hear Ramin using piano for Game of Thrones. The soundtrack received favorable reviews and peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Soundtrack Albums chart and number 27 on the U.S. Billboard 200. The full track is almost 10 minutes long, so I'm just going to play part of it here.
Ramin talking just a bit about this track from a 2019 YouTube video where he talks about his choices for the Game of Thrones greatest hits. Let's talk Light of the Seven. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful ballad. Uh, this was in, at the end of season six, of course. Uh, what drove your decision to make the, the piano, the, the centerpiece of this number? So I wrote the piece on the piano. The piano had uh, never been used before, so there was really no piano anywhere in the score. It was quite a departure. We decided then to try it on different instruments, so I actually rearranged it for harp, for example, and we listened to it that way, and uh, none of it felt right. And we actually listened to the piano version again, and we just then realized how fitting it actually is and how, how that it just has to be that. The piano did something very surprisingly, too, where the, the viewers immediately noticed like wait this is this is different this is something we've never heard before well, you know what's the piano doing were you surprised by the reaction to this because it got almost <laughs> as strong as a response from fans as the events that actually transpired on the show <laughs> it's 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 just very exciting to see that it, it when it really lands some, uh, uh, such a response like it did with that scene because that's everything and more of what we intended of what this piece should do in that now, I can't leave season six without another season-ending track, number 19, titled The Winds of Winter. As Daenerys Targaryen finally leaves Essos and sails for Westeros, along with her three dragons, her whole army of the Unsullied, and the Dothraki Bloodriders, with Tyrion Lannister as advisor, with Spy Varius, and her new allies Theon and Yara Greyjoy, and House Tyrell and House Martell. The soundtrack contains the melodies of Dracarius, the House Greyjoy theme, Daenerys Targaryen's theme, and the main Game of Thrones theme. By now, you may have noticed that the final track of each season has been one of my favorites. Here is The Winds of Winter.
As it turns out, the Season 6 album is also the only one to include seven bonus tracks, many of them excellent in their own right. And now on to Season 7. Once again, I'm going to feature the last track, number 24, of a Season 7 album, titled Winter Is Here, from the episode title The Dragon and the Wolf. The music plays as Jamie Lannister leaves King's Landing as snow starts to fall on the capital. It is a slow and quiet version of the Game of Thrones main theme, using predominantly a piano. So peaceful. Which brings us to the final season, season 8. Much has been said of the final season, which had only six episodes. The season largely consisted of original content not found in George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, while also incorporating material that Martin had revealed to the showrunners about the upcoming novels in the series. The season was met with mixed reviews from critics, in contrast to the critical acclaim of previous seasons and is the lowest rated of the series on the website Rotten Tomatoes. While the performances, production values, and music score were praise, criticism was mainly directed at the shorter runtime of the season, as well as numerous creative decisions made by the showrunners regarding the plot and character arcs. Many commentators deemed it to be a disappointing conclusion to the series. In fact, toward the end of the final season of A Game of Thrones, a petition to HBO was started on Change.org. It called Benioff and Weiss woefully incompetent writers and demanded competent writers to remake the eighth season of A Game of Thrones in a manner that makes sense. The petition eventually amassed over one and a half million signatures. Ouch! But there is little chance of that happening. However, despite the vitriol, Season 8 received 32 nominations at the 71st Primetime Emmy Awards, the most for a single season of television in history. It won 12 awards, including Outstanding Drama Series 
an outstanding supporting actor in a drama series for Peter Dinklage, who portrayed the dwarf Tyrion Lannister. From the last episode of Season 8, titled The Iron Throne, I have chosen to play for you track number 31, titled The Last of the Starks. It plays as Jon Stark arrives at Castle Black and is reunited with Ghost, his adopted albino direwolf, and as Sansa Stark is crowned queen in the north, and as Arya Stark sets sail for the west. It starts out slowly and sadly, but builds strength. The Game of Thrones main theme reprises halfway through and becomes more triumphant sounding before quietly disappearing into the distance.
Ramin Javadi won his second of seven Primetime Emmy Award nominations for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series for Season 8's third episode, The Long Night. Overall, Ramin noted, it has been such an honor to be a part of this incredible show for the past eight seasons. When asked how his music fits into a dramatic work, Ramin responded this way in a 2018 YouTube video. Yeah, I think as a composer, your task is to really get under the viewer's skin a little bit. Even if you don't always pay close attention to what's happening with the music in the background, but there's this additional mood that you can set. That's something that's very powerful because you might not even be aware of it, of why music makes you feel a certain way, but I think it's our job as a composer to explore that and, and you know, what is it that makes you feel angry or sad or emotional? You know, there's so many creative ways of doing that with music and that's, that's always fun to explore. I think film music, it, it can be an additional character. It really is a big part of storytelling. It's be it either in the background under dialogue or when there's no dialogue and you really have music in the foreground. Both those approaches are a way of storytelling and pushing story forward. And I always like to think about the music as if you were to turn a picture off, actually. Just by listening to the piece of music, there is a story there and a connection to the characters and the plots and, and all that. Between February 2017 and October 2019, Ramin Javadi conducted a Game of Thrones live concert experience featuring up to 33 songs from the series, performing in North America and Europe in four legs, with breaks between each leg. The concerts were well received. If you missed those opportunities, a Game of Thrones live concert experience featuring Ramin Javadi will occur for one night only on May 13, 2023, at the Hollywood Bowl. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster. So tempting. Well, that's it for this Trek's Music and Sci-Fi guest podcast on the music of the Game of Thrones. My 15th guest podcast on the music of sci-fi and sometimes fantasy media. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Rico for allowing me this opportunity to once again showcase music by great composers of our time. Happy New Year's to all of you Trek's and Sci-Fi fanboys and fangirls. It's been a pleasure. Next time, Rico will bring to you more geeky goodness with another great Treks and Sci-Fi podcast episode. Until then, I will end this podcast with an alternate version of The Reigns of Castamere, as sung by Jackie Ivanko. Oh,